Hi everyone, Michael from the Friends to the End podcast here. I just wanted to kick things off before we got started properly with a bit of an apology. First off, for the delay in our last episode, we are striving to put out two episodes a week, but we did have some issues with our last record, which meant that we had to kind of miss out on one of our dates. And uh, the more we looked into the problem, the more we realized that there was an audio issue with this episode that you're about to hear. We looked into it and the first 10 minutes or so of the podcast you're about to hear in its original form was all chopped up and it was very stop start which was basically unintelligible uh, so we weren't really able to use it so uh, in order to kind of fix the problem and rather than going back and recording the whole thing because we thought it would lose a bit of spontaneity and also the fact that the the last the stuff that is salvageable is still quite good. Elizabeth and I decided we were going to go back and kind of re-record the first 5-10 minutes of the podcast. So there is going to be a little bit of disjointedness in this episode. Uh, We're probably actually going to mark it. There's probably going to be a little bit of music played at about the 10 minute mark, which is going to symbolize the transition from the second attempt at recording into the original one. So there might be a little bit of difference in the audio quality. There might be a little bit of... uh, difference in what we have talked about, things we were referred to in the second half of the episode that won't necessarily make a whole bunch of sense, but uh, we hope you'll bear with us. Uh, It's just for this episode, and hopefully it won't be a problem going forward. Thank you all very much, and now, on with the show! Hello everyone, and welcome to Friends Till the End, your one-stop shop for all things Friends-centric where we go through episodes of Friends one by one in chronological order, episode by episode. I am Michael and I'm joined as always with my partner in crime, Elizabeth. Hey Elizabeth. Hey Michael. How the bloody hell are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. So excited to talk about this episode of Friends. Me too. Not once, but twice. Yeah, we're not going to refer to that though. Oh, Never mind. So before we get into talking about today's episode, Elizabeth, something that I would like to start doing is posing a little friend-related question to you at the beginning of each episode and just trying to get how you feel about Friends characters and all things Friends. Does that sound okay to you? Mm, Yes, it does. Okay, so here is my question to you to kick off today's episode. All right, you ready? Mm -hmm. If you found yourself stranded on a desert and deserted island with just one of the Friends gang... Who would you like to be trapped on that island with, and why? This is a tricky one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of criteria at stake. This isn't necessarily asking who your Ugh. favorite friend is, you know. Right. Mm, I'm torn between three. Can I give you my reasoning? Okay, but you do have to pick one eventually. Okay. Yeah, right, but I'll it's fine. Yeah, but go through the three. So, the first that comes to mind is Monica, because I feel while she would most likely panic and freak, same much to the same as I would, she would need to do everything in her power to get off mm. and find a way to escape. That's important. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like if someone else is motivated, then you're like, all right, let's do this. I don't think she'd freak out that bad. I think she would handle it more. I think she's more of like a pragmatist than, say, Rachel. I think she'd be more just like, all right, we're here. Let's go. Maybe, yeah. I, just, I don't know. I just see that other side of her where she does have like those little moments of anxiety where mm-hmm. she can't yeah. get in. I think I think she does, but I think she would almost like, and I, I think that would happen, but she would check herself and she'd get back in the game. Well, we'd see. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Okay. So Monica. And then there's Chandler. Okay. 
And Chandler doesn't strike me as like the most <laughs> practical choice, but why why would you want Chandler? <laughs> Chandler would keep me laughing. For like the first few Day- days. Hours. <laughs> and then I'd want to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> but for But then when you kill him, you could eat him and stay alive that way. That's true. Yeah. But then for I mean, he's pretty cute. <laughs> okay. And you know, you're stranded on an island and you're bored out of your mind and you're like, Well God's sakes, like we might just die out here, so wouldn't it be nice to just like you know <laughs> Just have a bit of slap and tickle? <laughs> I was just thinking, like, hold hands and kiss, Michael. Come on. Oh, okay. I do, I do beg your pardon. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that reason. Okay. And then third is Phoebe. Okay. Again, not one that I would think, on a practical sense, would be all that helpful, but... I think Phoebe brings out the parts of me that I hide away a lot, the parts that I really like. So, Phoebe, I feel, would make the most of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And she would find a way to be, be very content with it. And just kind of be one with the situation. And I feel like that would help bring me back to life. You know, she could be like, oh, well, let's go on like a nature walk and listen to the birds. <laughs> and, oh, no, honestly. And she would be able to be like, well, this sucks, but let's make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that for myself. So I feel like she'd be the best person to have on the island with. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think on a practical level, you're just going to sit around talking to the animals until you both, like, die of hunger on day three. Well, we'd probably kill the animals, or I'd kill them behind ah! our back. Phoebe wouldn't. Phoebe's a vegetarian. So am I. Oh, yeah, that's true. Would you <laughs> give up your vegetarianism if you were stranded on a If it meant island? survival, then mm. yeah. Like, would you do it right away, or would you, like... No, I, I wouldn't do it right away. I would uh-huh. do it, like, the if I was desperate. Okay, fair enough. You're going to ask me who I would want to be? Yeah, seeing? Michael, who would you bring? You're probably not going to like my answer, and my answer may surprise you, but I would actually go with old R.G. Ross Geller. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, I think... You like, guys could cry together. <laughs> Ross, <laughs> Ross is probably, on a practical sense, the most capable person. I feel like he was a Boy Scout once upon a time. I reckon he could build a fire. I reckon he could, like track our position based on like the stars because he's that kind of nerd couldn't you do those things to an extent yeah yeah i but it's nice to have You'd someone make that, a good team yeah a good like confirmation mm. i think but also like he's a he's a paleontologist so i feel like he has to have some sort of like grasp of of like biology and maybe like rock formations and i i, I don't know I, I feel like he could at the very least like tell me what berries are poisonous or not so. i don't know if a paleontologist would be so informed to I don't know, know what berries are acceptable to eat. I just feel it comes part and parcel with it. I everything. mean, if you guys find fossils, he'll be able to really understand. And well, that's tell not going to be super helpful, but uh, it would be interesting at least. <laughs> I don't know. All right. I mean, you know, we fair wouldn't enough. we wouldn't shack up together or anything. We wouldn't we, we wouldn't like share a bamboo hut or anything. You know, I would insist that he he builds his little shack on the other side of the island. But well, what if it was cold? Wow, that's that's neither here nor there. Mm. And if Marcel was there, we could. No, he would join his friends back where he belongs. <laughs> that's true. You would not hang about with Ross no. given half the chance. No way. All right, good stuff. All right. Wait, did you actually pick one of your three? You just listed three. No, I picked Phoebe. You did pick Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Oh God, the least practical. Get out of here! Actually, I didn't criticize you for yours. She's got street smarts. Actually, she's not too bad. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Fine. 
Okay, so the episode that we are looking at today is Season 1, Episode 15, The One with the Stoned Guy, which first premiered, or premiered, depending on which side of the Atlantic you're on, on February the 16th, or the 16th of February, depending (laughs) on what side of the Atlantic you're on, to a significant amount of viewers, Elizabeth, but the question is, is it higher or lower than the last episode, which had... 23.8 23.8 million people. Um, I'd say higher. Pause for dramatic effect. Higher is correct. 24.8 yes! million people for the one with the stone guy. You're pretty good at this. Woo! Good for you. So we open in Central Perk as we do so often. Some of the gang are hanging out. I don't think everyone's there, but Rachel is there serving them their drinks. Uh, she gives Chandler something, she gives Ross something, and then she gets to Monica, and she hands her coffee, and Monica is a little bit taken aback, because in her coffee, there is a pencil. Oh. So Monica points out that there is a, a pencil in her coffee, and then Rachel realizes that she's got a cinnamon stick stuck behind her ear, so she might have put the cinnamon stick in the coffee, oh and the pencil behind her ear, but she got a bit muddled up. She's a terrible waitress, is that, Rachel? You think she would have caught on after months and months of doing that job? Yeah, like, it's not well, the hardest in the world. <laughs> all right. Well, it's not. I don't know. Busy, a busy New York coffee shop? Take mm, a wee bit of... It can't be that busy if half the time she has enough time to sit around on the couch with them and talk That's during her true. shift. And, you know, for all that we give Rachel cr- credit for, like, starting out on her own and 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 not taking daddy's money and running back home when she left her uh, fiance at the altar i mean mm-hmm. she literally got a job in the first place that she found like she sort of stumbled in to this place it's like five steps away from where she lives like she wasn't exactly casting her net very wide she was just like can can i get a job here and they're like yeah go on then and so it did kind of fall on her lap a little it's bit kind of convenient yeah I mean, very convenient it worked out in her favor really. yeah with no experience, no references, presumably, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there you go, no bother. Anyway, that that opens the episode. We have spent far longer talking about that opening opening part than it actually lasted. It was very short, short yeah. and sharp. It was just like it looked as 40 if forty seconds. Not even that, like really? twenty seconds. Yikes! It, like it was as if it was going to set up for something a bit more, but nope, that was it. Let's get going. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Shortest one yet. Yeah, so the the episode as a whole opens up with uh, Chandler in his office, in his little cubicle, which I think we've seen maybe once or twice before. He's there at work, he's just pushing papers, doing your sort of typical desk job. Yeah. And um, he thinks he's going to get in trouble. He gets called into a meeting, he thinks he's going to get into trouble, but actually he gets offered a promotion. He's getting offered, like, executive paper-pushing guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which they're like, oh, wow, that's great. And they ask him what he did, and he says, I quit. Because he's retelling the story to the guys later on. And he says, I quit that job. And they're like, whoa, whoa, why? Why did you quit it? And he was just like, it was meant to be a temp job, and I wanted to get out of there. And that's how they get you, these office jobs. That's how they turn you into like a lifetime employer. You start there just to make a few bucks, like during the summer at university or something, and then boom. They just keep on, you, you keep saying you're going to leave and then they keep offering you a little bit more money and you decide to stay on and on and on. That's how you, they get you. Well, the thing is, it's easier to kind of just go to your job, 
five days a week, even if you don't like it that much, then to look for another job, go through the whole process again, potentially be out of work for a time and not be getting any money. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost just easier. And so then you just fall in week after week, month after month, year after year in this rut just because you don't want to have to deal with potentially being unemployed or finding something else you don't like as much. And it's, it's tricky. And before you know it, you've wasted your entire life. So anyway, he quits and he's kind of starting out kind of trying to start out on his own he's trying to find a new career he doesn't really know what he wants to do no and kind of he seems a little bit lost a little bit directionless career wise and new opportunities new career things that seems to be a theme of the episode because uh monica finds out that uh she could potentially be in for a new exciting career opportunity phoebe mentions a masseuse client that she has who's opening a new restaurant at first she offers the job to chandler because he's looking for work but then but then Monica's like, uh, maybe you should offer that job to me because I'm actually a chef. Phoebe's so sweet. Thinking of someone in need. Or just ignoring. Or she's just a No, bit... no, no. Uh-huh. She said, oh, I knew I was going to ask you, but Chandler doesn't have a job right now, so I thought I'd ask him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, I suppose. Yeah. So anyway, eventually uh, she does turn to Monica and, and, and set her up with this, this client of hers. So Phoebe does uh, eventually start to, to pull the strings and set Monica up with this client of hers. Uh, she takes a, a tour of the prospective new building with him and she's very excited. She's like, oh, this could be great. I could have this new job. Amazing. Uh, she has to like set up a, a trial where she, she cooks for him, basically. Uh, but that we'll, we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, Ross, big things happening with him. He's, he's got a date. He's got a date. He's got a date with the bug lady. With the bug lady. She's in charge of, like, insects and mollusks and whatnot at the museum that he works <laughs> She's at. She's not in charge of mollusks. Well, Do you even know what a mollusk is? Yes, I took earth science for a year. I know exactly what You mean what marine biology? Is. No, I took earth science for a year. What's a mollusk, Michael? It's like a, 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 like a crustacean. No. Okay. Marine biology. Okay. Not biology, earth science. Ooh, don't make me look stupid on the podcast, Elizabeth. I'm not making you look stupid. You can do it all on your own. No. So anyway, he's got a date with her. He, you know, Joey's like, oh man, you're you're in there. Like his, his plan for the night is to take her out for dinner and take her out to a movie and then bring her home and introduce her to his monkey, <laughs> which... How dirty, Michael. Wow, you you got a chuckle out of it. You fell right into the trap. You're right there with the studio audience there. Because obviously he's not talking about his metaphorical monkey. No, he's talking it, about his literal monkey. Yeah, Marcel, of course. And Joey's like, oh yeah, that's going to work real well for you. Marcel, Marcel's a chick magnet. She's going to love him. Jump cut to the date and Marcel is like swinging from the side of her head basically. Oh my gosh, he hated her. He was jumping on her, pulling Mm. on her hair and she's freaking out and Ross isn't doing anything. Do we think that this is like a sort of Beethoven situation where Ross went out the room and she was like slapping Marcel about and then when Ross comes back in and this monkey's like attacking her... She tricks Ross into putting him down, basically. I don't think so. No, you don't think? <laughs> no, I don't That'd be think it was savage. a Beethoven situation. Okay. But good job for referencing that in our podcast. You never know. <laughs> so anyway, yes, the monkey does attack. The date doesn't get off to a great start. It doesn't get off to a great start, but you see that it continues. 
Yeah, we, we come back to it later, and it's not the end of it. No, you think that would kind of be it. She'd be like, you know what, I gotta go. I'm, I'm scared, I'm not feeling good, I'm uncomfortable, whatever, I'm leaving. Yeah, Ross clearly has a bit of gamey, man. He's just he a sweet talker, game. because... Because, like, you see in the next scene that... They're locking lips. Well, they're locking lips, sitting on the couch, Marcel is nowhere in sight. Presumably no. he's locked underneath a bathroom cupboard or something. I think he has put him in the... Uh... The microwave, or the maybe, microwave. or maybe the um, or in the washing machine, or the machine. dryer. Yeah, <laughs> that's awful. Poor Marcel. <laughs> I'd rather him just be locked in a ba- bathroom cupboard. Anywho, we see them making out on the couch, and uh, it's all going fine and good. And then <laughs> this part made me laugh. And then the woman that he's kissing says, "Talk to me." And Ross is like, "Okay, well, this morning I got up." I no, no, no. Jail. He goes, uh, "Yeah." Um, this morning I uh, uh, I I got up. And... Yes, you're very good at being his awkward, sad sackiness. But then she's like, you know, no, talk dirty to me, mm-hmm. and that freaks Ross out because he attempts, he makes a a a good attempt, but all he can muster up is vulva. Yes, indeed, vulva. And this was the part that confused the 11-year-old Michael watching back in 1995 because I didn't know what a vulva was. Do you know what it is now? Yeah, of course I do. No follow-up questions. <laughs> no, I got very confused. I didn't know what, what they were talking about. I yeah. got especially confused because like, the car we had at about that time was a Volvo. So oh. I think I kind of misheard her and thought it had something to do with that. Oh, so, so I, just like a car and it wasn't I, dirty? I or... didn't know what was going oh. on. Oh, well, Ross doesn't know what he's doing either, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, as established, he is very sexually naive, really. He's kind of... I guess so. He's only had sex with one woman. Mm-hmm. Clearly wasn't into dirty talk. No, but it is kind of uncomfortable. Like, you don't, you can often not know what to say or... Without, yeah, I think it's okay to do in the heat of the moment, but to request it, that puts a lot of pressure on you. Especially on their first date when they're right? just, like, kissing on the couch. Yeah, she to say that they're, like, gonna take it any further. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit forward from her as well. But anyway, yeah, it cuts away. Oh, awkward. He says Volva. That kind of kills the mood, mm-hmm. presumably. Elsewhere, Chandler is uh, still trying to figure out which job best suits him. He goes to a career advisor. And he takes a bunch of aptitude tests and things like that. Dude, yes. is that a thing in America? You, you, you answer, um, like, tests and they tell you what job suits you? Yeah, we did it in high school. Everyone did it. Yeah? I think, like, the guidance counselor kind of put that on. Or we did it in some sort of, I don't know. So, what? I mean, what are the questions? It's like, do you like working with your hands? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Do you get along? In, uh, do you work better in a group setting or an individual? Mm. Um, do you like having creativity involved? Do you okay. like being your own boss? You know, all these sorts of things. Yeah, okay. And you kind of answer, and then they give you a percentage and graphs and all this whatnot of what careers would suit you the best based on your answers. Uh, did, no, what did you get when you took it? Oh, I got teacher, actor, artist. Oh, so it's pretty vague. It's not like, oh, you're going to sell hot dogs at Fenway Park or something no. like that. Right. It's vague. Okay. You can make whatever you want out of right. it. But it kind of takes on, like, so all of those roles, mm-hmm. particularly are someone who likes to be in the spotlight yeah. or in control or something. So they kind of gear it towards that. And if you're created, creative and if you like to work with people, so... Mm. It's not very generalized, and it's not the most helpful thing in the world because it doesn't really take in your personality that right. much. But, yeah, you know, they have us do it. So he takes this test anyway, and 
much to the delight of the studio audience, it turns out that it recommends him it recommends him for a career in data processing, which of <laughs> course the big joke is that's the job that he's just left. Poor Chandler. Poor Chandler. I feel like his skills could be better used elsewhere, don't you? Yeah. Meanwhile, Monica and Rachel will have a little bit of a a tift. They they have a little bit of an argument uh, because Monica has to like host a, a night for this potential new boss where she pref- like cooks a bunch of food for him. It's like an audition for for the chef job. Yes. And she needs a waitress to help uh, transport the food from her stove to the uh, the table in her in her kitchen. So that that foot and a half, she needs someone to carry the plate from from the stove to the table. So who does she ask to do it? She does ask Wendy, the waitress. Wendy, the waitress. Does that ring a bell for anybody? Another thing from How I Met Your Mother. Another thing How I Met Your Mother stole from... Most likely. No, I don't think so. But interesting. Wendy, the waitress. Yeah, this imaginary person that never existed and never appears on the show. I know, but Wendy, the waitress, come on. I think you're you're clutching at straws there a little bit. Anyway, uh, Rachel is upset that Monica didn't think to ask her. If she wanted to do it. Yeah, I, it's kind of surprising. She's her very good friend, and I know Wendy is very experienced and would be good at it, but Rachel's right there and would do her best for her friend, I would imagine. She wouldn't try to let her down at all. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you're agreeing with Monica? Oh, shoot, finish your drink! Boop, 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 boop! Drink, drink, chug, chug, chug. She's knocking it back, folks. Oh, my goodness, look at her go! <laughs> I have never seen such a, a feat of endurance in all my life. Good job. I always agree with Monica, and you know it. <laughs> well, this isn't going to be fair for me. Anyway, so, yeah, they get in a fight, basically. I can kind of see Monica's point of view as well, though, because, sure. I don't know, you, it, it's not that, well, Rachel is a crap waitress. We've already established at the beginning of the, the episode. But this is different than having to serve coffee to people. It's just she has one thing she has to do. She's in her own apartment where she knows where everything is. Like, it's a lot easier. And but, she wouldn't want to let her friend down. With with working at Central Perk, she probably just doesn't give a crap, like, if I mess up. I don't know? think she that's it, up. though. I think it's more like, why would you ask your... It's like a little bit almost demeaning to ask your friend to do that job. It's like, would you be my food servant for the evening while I try and get this job? It just seems like... Like, if a friend asked me to do that, I'd be like... Ugh. No? Like, what do you need me for? But you're not a waiter. It doesn't really quite apply to you. Yeah, I suppose not. But at any rate, Rachel gets a little bit miffed. They have a little argument. But then, of course, it all comes back because Monica's waitress, Vicky, cancels on her. Wendy. I know. Wendy cancels on her. She got a job at McLaren's. She had to take that instead. (laughs) Yeah, right. Getting hit on by Barney. So Monica's scrambling at the last minute. She does manage to persuade... Rachel to do it for 20 bucks an hour so probably for like 20 bucks basically because it really can't go on much longer than an hour yeah so you'd think easy money though totally so Rachel agrees to do that elsewhere Chandler gets uh, an offer from his old boss to come back to work promotion with more money he kind of resists at the first he's like you've got the wrong guy you've got the wrong guy but then presumably and you can't hear over the phone what the guy's saying uh, he makes him an offer that he can't refuse because he quickly changes his mind he goes yeah I'll see you Monday so Chandler goes back to his job gets a brand new office oh yeah it's a nice office you know Mm -hmm. it's not in like a teeny tiny cubicle anymore he's in a 
his own place with his own assistant mm-hmm. and window and everything. So and I imagine a lot more money. So yep, uh, what's his draw? We see him showing off his office to Phoebe because presumably Phoebe has so little else going on in her life that she can take time of her day to see where her friend is working. She makes her own schedule. I guess, but like, go see a movie or something. I don't know why you have to. Like, they're not even really great friends. I would say. I would say your casual acquaintances. No way. I think it's a. He's really proud of it, and she's like, "Well, I got nothing to do. I'll come see it." I guess. Anyway, so that kind of that's his storyline all wrapped up. I guess back yeah. back where he started from. Mm-hmm. Slightly better office. We see him later on. He's working late hours. You know, he's kind of sucked in. It's all very tragic. Yes. But hopefully he finds his way, but we'll have to track his progress as we go on. Also, Ross goes to Joey for advice, which I suppose is better than going to Chandler for advice when it comes to women, because Joey is a bit of a bit of a shagger. Player. Yep, he knows his stuff. Uh, Joey suggests that he practices talking dirty with him. Yeah, because for Joey as an actor, it's no big deal for him to just try out saying anything. I didn't think of it like that. That's probably something that they... Could have had him say in the episode as well. Also, some people are more open with sexuality, mm-hmm. so that it probably wasn't a big deal for him. He might be one of those people. Mm-hmm. So when he's saying, well, why don't you just say something to me? Try it on me. Yeah. And then in a classic scene, a scene that will go down in, in Friends folklore and legend, uh, Ross does start describing, in his traditional stop-starty awkward way, an erotic scene, saying what he would like to hypothetically do to Joey. They both have their, like, backs to the the bedroom doors in the apartment. And while he's describing whatever it is that he's talking about doing, Chandler quietly emerges from his bedroom and stumbles upon this scene. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, does does that get big laughs from the audience. They are absolutely (laughs) loving it. Well, because Chandler is listening in and he's hearing a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, he, you know, hits against a chair. The chair makes a little noise. And Ross and Joey both slowly turn around, realizing that there's someone in the room with them. I have to say, Chandler's um, facial expressions in this scene are, are really good. Yeah. Like, he, he kind of pulls it off really well. He looks genuinely amused by it. Uh, and, like, the, the, com- the comedic pauses that he does, he just kind of lets the laugh track of the audience go. Like, I, I think it's done very well. Hmm. You know, it's all a little bit immature. It's all a little bit crass. But it was, you know, well played by the gentleman. Well played, gentlemen. So then Monica's got her big night with uh, with this prospective new boss mm-hmm. who she's preparing a meal for. And lo and behold, who is it? But, but good old John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Yep. SNL alum. American comedic acting legend, I think it's fair to say. Makes a guest star appearance. And I think we had to drink for that, didn't we? We had to drink for that, yep. Celebrity cameo. Okay. It's definitely worth a couple of drinks. Mm-hmm. He comes in. He's there to sample the meal. Very, very early on at the beginning, uh, Phoebe reveals to Rachel, but not to Monica, crucially, that on the cab journey on the way over, John Lovitz's character lit up a doobie. Smoked Smoked, a joint. Smoked a joint. Sparked a spliff. Puffing the herb. I could go on and on. And this was the second part (laughs) of the episode that caused young 11-year-old Michael some confusion. Because oh, I, I didn't know what he was doing. You poor I didn't, thing. I didn't know what that meant. Just like, 
Because I think Phoebe says he, he lit a doobie or something like that. I didn't know what that was. Oh, okay. So, I, so the, this next scene, uh, back when I first watched it, no idea why You thought this... he was just kind of being rude I, or hungry? I, I don't or... know why he was being so silly. Okay. I don't know why he was being... So... I just thought he was a silly man doing silly things. Okay. But of course... Poor young Michael. Because he'd smoked a doobie, he is very stoned. So he scarfs down Monica's amuse-bouche. Yeah, she made all these nice little things that mm-hmm. were going to be served within like eight and a half minutes apart mm-hmm. and he just kind of before she even finished describing what the ingredients are he chugs them down mm-hmm. and then kind of goes and helps himself in the kitchen to look for some more food yeah because he's got the munchies man he's got the munchies he's got the munchies so he goes looking he wants some taco shells and he wants some mac and cheese and your eyes lit up when when he found a box of that well shoot yeah who doesn't love box mac and cheese and he wanted some gummy bears and stuff like that i actually thought this scene had a sort of almost improvisational quality to it i almost feel like they they told john lovitz right you're gonna go in you're gonna act stoned go and I think yeah. I almost feel like the girls were kind of playing off him a little bit. I'm I'm sure it probably that probably wasn't the case, but it almost felt that way. And I thought it was a really great showcase for John Lovitz. Like I think he's like stuff like that. He's very very good at indeed. Yeah, no, it was good. I I enjoyed the scene. And poor Monica. When does she find out that he had smoked? I don't know. In my mind, she finds out at the end. I, I used to remember that she finds out that he's stoned at the end, but. I, that, that, that's not how it happened in the end. The scene just kind of ends. Yeah. So presumably they catch her up with it later. So um, does she not get the job or what's the deal with that? Is that I left? think it's kind of implied that she does not get the job. Oh, that stinks. But he enjoys her food though. He mm-hmm. even mentioned, oh, that was delicious. True. But then they have arguments where he steals a bag of gummy bears and the gummy <laughs> bears end up in a, a soup or something. So then he throws in some ringed cereal in there as like <laughs> preservers for them. It's all very good fun. I had... The scene itself is a little bit over the top. It's a, you know, it's a little bit of a characterization. It's not a very believable depiction of someone who maybe smoked a joint. You don't, yeah. I don't think you would really act that way. But I think John Lovitz makes it work completely. I think he's fantastic in this and probably one of the best celebrity guest cameos of the season. So far, so good. Yeah, yeah I'd so, say he's the winner. Mm-hmm. And that that just about wraps it up. Um, the episode again, another episode that kind of flew by. We we get a quick scene in the coffee shop where uh, Ross is is catching Joey up on his follow up date with that lady, where he does talk dirty, and he basically talks about, yeah, I was nailing it. I was inventing characters with side stories, and there was role playing and blah blah. blah. <laughs> uh, but you know, hoisted by his own batard, really, at the end, because by the time by the time he had gone through all of that, they were just both so exhausted that they they just cuddled. <laughs> they just cuddled. So he's not. He's not really getting to his end result, no. it seems. No, he's still stuck on one lover in his life so far. <laughs> but uh, ah. Maybe that'll change. Maybe that'll change as we go on. He's got nine and a half more years. Maybe we can... I can only hope. <laughs> that could be the greatest running joke in, in Friends history. So that's how that kind of wraps up. And then we kind of close with uh, Chandler stuck, buried in his paperwork, his weenus his weekly estimate number thingy or magic that they, they get a big laugh out of. He's stuck there. And then the episode ends with Phoebe getting some revenge on uh, Steve, the character played by John Lovitz. She has him on her her massage table mm-hmm. and she gives him a very painful massage and the ba- the episode basically ends with him screaming in agony. And and there we go. That's yeah. it, yeah. That's it. Pretty pretty quick, done and dusted pretty quickly. You yeah. were surprised how quickly it was all over and done with. Yeah, it was quick. Mm-hmm. Good. Did you enjoy it? I'd say it was middle of the road, yeah. Middle of the road? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I felt like Chandler's story like got wrapped up very early on. Like he doesn't have a job, and then he quickly looks for one, and then he he just goes back to his old job. I love Chandler. Do you really? I think it's because I I like Chandler so much because I saw him in a different movie before I've even seen Friends, obviously, a long time ago. What movie? Um, it's where he's a teacher for like inner city kids. I think it's called like the Something of John Clark. Oh, I've never heard um, of that. It's really good, huh. and he just kind of takes these kids and helps them learn in a different way, and uh, I thought it was awesome. And wow. he, he was like, you know, middle-aged and or whatever, a bit older, and so now when I, I loved that character, so I hmm. think it, it makes me love Chandler more. Okay. Chandler, I think, was my favorite. Well, I think we've talked about it a wee bit. He was my favorite yes. growing up, you know. You tried to emulate him. I tried to copy him. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be Chandler, but uh, now I feel more more like a Ross. Do you? feel like I'm more like Ross. Like a sad sack? <sighs> Dude, no way. Nah, man. I'm Joy with all the chicks I get. <laughs> yeah. Pew, 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 pew. I'm Monica through and through. <laughs> Except for I don't like to cook. You're Monica with a, a splash of Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's fair. Yeah, I'll take yeah, it. that's good. <laughs> so, yeah, that just about wraps it up for the one with the stone guy. Uh, a quick episode. I think if not for John Lovitz, it probably would have been very easily forgettable. But with that pretty stellar guest appearance I think the episode was, was elevated I suppose the uh, the scene where um, Ross and Joey are, are pantomiming their dirty talk to one another is also another kind of classic part of it but mm-hmm. uh, yeah so a little bit going on there Hi everyone, it's Michael again from at the beginning of the episode. Um, Just needed to jump in right here because the audio for the last couple of minutes of our original recording also crapped out, much to myself and Elizabeth's annoyance. Elizabeth's very annoyed too, aren't you Elizabeth? I'm very annoyed. So anyway, but we were just wrapping up anyway, so it worked out fine. Uh, Again, we apologise for the audio issues that we had during this episode. Hopefully it did not affect your enjoyment of the episode, and thank you very much for listening nonetheless. As always, just to wrap up, we do want to nudge you in the direction of our Twitter feed if you want to follow the show and give us abuse for not being able to record a decent podcast without it messing up, then at FriendsPod on Twitter is the way to do that. And if you want to support the show in other ways, telling a friend is always advisable. And you can also help us spread the word by leaving a nice review over there on the iTunes as well. We will be back. Our next episode is actually going to be a double episode, which will hopefully work in some way of an apology for the mess up on this week's show it's going to be the one with two parts part one and two all in one episode in a special bumper feature episode so be sure to check out for that in just a few days time but until then thanks very much for listening cheerio bye